You're listening to The Three of Witches, a podcast where we discuss the lived experiences of pagans and witches. And this episode, we have stop sign. Red and Fern. Oh, in this episode, we have Red and Fern in the car. Red, what are we going to discuss this week? <coughs> Why I keep coughing. Mm. I think I inhaled something when we were working. Um, dirt, dirt. <laughs> I inhaled definitely some dirt. So this week we are uh, going to have a very short episode because we're only going to be recording the amount of time it takes us to get from Fern's house to a uh, festival. Next stop sign, turn right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> to, a, to a festival we're going to. So it's going to be about 25 minutes. But we're just going to be kind of talking about legacy and what does that mean. And the reason I bring it up is there was um, an omen at the last high right mm-hmm. um, at the, the group we go to. Uh, that just was kind of touching on legacy. What are you leaving behind? Turn right onto the... Um, <laughs> You know, what are, what are you leaving behind? What is it that we're working towards or building? And, and kind of a question I asked Fern is, light, turn left. does it even matter, is my thing. I mean, like, long and short of it, I want to say yes, but also there's whole, like, you know, people die, so do cultures, everything changes. At the light, turn But... I, I, I think it depends what we're defining as a legacy, mm. because I think the idea that there are non-mainstream religions and practices that are very real, that is something I think should last, you know, generations. It should, I, I'm just afraid of the kind of power that certain groups can have especially you know we live in America there is supposed to be this shepherd I almost said shepherding <laughs> separation of church and state and it just doesn't like fully exist no so you have this church that has a ton of power with a lot of followers and they're just okay with it being part of the the state the governing rules because they are like they agree with it but if it was anything else oh no so I I just think that people knowing that they don't have to follow that big religious organization and be a part of something that they don't believe in is an option like you don't have to you don't have to be a Christian just because it's what everyone else in your town does yeah. So, and I think for for me, I, I completely agree. I I think it's important to have and continue to have traditions and religions that are not not part of the hegemony. Yeah. That can provide that diversity. Miles, keep right. But what I was uh, saying is, anything that can kind of be up against the hegemony, I think will be important as we're um you know moving throughout history and we see what theocracy does yeah 
and it stomps out diversity and if we live in a country where we espouse diversity and we espouse separation of church and state then it's the responsibility of those in the minor traditions and minor religions and not even minor i would say just the not the the dominant you know Mm -hmm. it's the it's the responsibility of jews and muslims and buddhists and taoists and you know uh, all of uh, Hindus and all of the the atheists, uh, all 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 of the very different traditions and belief systems, to want to preserve and keep going and not get absorbed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I do think it's I do think it's important, and I also think paganism and witchcraft have a lot to offer the world, not just to the individual practitioners, because I know it's made my life a lot better. Mm-hmm. And how I think about myself and how I relate to the world a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think that then it has a lot to offer the wider society and has different perspectives and lessons that it can provide. I mean, there's definitely that. And I also, I just really like <laughs> kind of talking about like perspective. Um, I kind of have a few times been challenged, like in my career, I support research and science. Um, but I'm also, I'm also not extremely, I wouldn't call myself an extreme extremist in any matter of the word. Um, but I am religious and I do practice witchcraft. And how does someone who is logically minded practice witchcraft? And I sit there and I go, and you go to church and you have the same job as me, right? What's the difference? (laughs) I like... I don't think it's wrong that you go to church. I'm not saying that that's, like, I'm better or you're worse. It's just a different belief system, and it, like, I don't know why mine has to be challenged, but yours is fine. Uh, Yeah, because it's like, why do I need to justify that my beliefs are real Mm -hmm. when yours are accepted? Because I think it's, it's, I'm also in the same space of the work I'm in is, like, humanitarian, Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, I, I would say all of my coworkers are deeply religious. Right. So there's, um, because the population we work with is predominantly Muslim, a lot of my coworkers are Muslim. Mm-hmm. And, but then the ones who are not are very Christian. Right. And I think all of them are in this line of work because of their deeply and sincerely held religious beliefs. Right. About charity, about giving back, about helping the disenfranchised, etc., etc. And I'm like, that's also why I'm doing this. Yes! Also, yeah, I guess also, like, the recognition that there are themes and, like, things that church might teach you, but also, like, just a good thing to do. And, um, I don't know. I guess... What I'm saying is the idea of, like, devotional acts are usually pretty similar across religions and cultures. They're just with a different, slightly different goal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say that that does tie into legacy because I think we're both in lines of work where we can at least provide a different perspective to coworkers. And, Mm -hmm. um... And, and kind of provide this realization of we are approaching the same thing, maybe from different ankle, angles, not ankles, from different <laughs> angles. We do have different angles. <laughs> we do. I have very strange ankles. Um, 
but we're, we're approaching the same thing from, from different perspectives and intentions, but we're both right. kind of working towards the same right. goal, but it's not an echo chamber is my thing. Yes. Yeah. There, I, I guess that's kind of what we've been saying the whole time is mm-hmm. like providing a space or not even a space, just like not being part of an echo chamber. I mean, like, well, of course we all have, always have like our little niche that's kind of an echo chamber, but in the end the whole world isn't to us yeah we don't write off everyone else um yeah sometimes i i mean there are certain things where i'm like well if you do that you're stupid but you could argue there but that's got nothing to do with religion no well sometimes (laughs) well (laughs) sometimes sometimes it does but i kind of my question is like should pagans even be worried about the future of paganism? I think in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Mm-hmm. I would say in the... I mean, my my thought process would be I should be concerned with the next 10, 20 years, the next people who are going to come after me can use knowledge that I have. Especially because we are a growing religious... Um, I, I guess you could say movement. Mm-hmm. Like, because we are growing... And in that next 10, 20 years, I think, and other people do think, that that's going to be a time where people actually do raise their children pagan. And Mm -hmm. it's not... I mean, I wouldn't say that the majority would be that, but you'll have a different perspective that comes out of that, that um, most people who are pagan have found it are very... almost very involved in it. It's very important to them because it's something that they spent a lot of time learning on their own in small groups. A lot of time you have to research and search for and it's not just like it's it's not this almost uh what is the word like inherited knowledge that happens when you are raised in a religion. And so I'm really curious to see what that's going to look like. But I think we need to make sure that we don't like we being the greater are going to need to really consider like how do I make sure to instill the value that like we are not supposed to be an echo chamber mm-hmm. we are I'm teaching you things in the way I do them take the exit but there's always a need to challenge in a healthy and safe way and always a need to like learn I think um, a lot of people who convert almost I guess is the word you could use to paganism have you have to be almost like your own scholar you have to do your research you have to learn it I mean you could buy yourself on your own time just be like yeah this this feels cool I'm good with this but to really grow and like learn you do kind of need a level of like okay I need to read like historical texts academic articles I need to be reading like heavy stuff not just what the priests like like there just aren't churches down the road where it's like this is what the priest taught me and I can just accept that there's just not that and I on some levels I like that that doesn't exist (laughs) on another level like it could happen it there could be a space where someone just believes what they are told Mm -hmm. and that's strange to me yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm also curious to see what happens as I think 
what you saw a lot of in the 70s, 80s, 90s was a lot of, I, I don't want to say older people, but maybe people in their 30s who were, who were kind of moving into this space. They were usually a bit more adult, so maybe they had already had kids. Right. They were already married. Um, so it wasn't something where they were already this religion or spiritual practice or already into witchcraft and then got married and had kids. Right. Versus what I'm seeing is it's a lot younger. Like a lot more college age and and they're sticking with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I I wonder how many people who are, you know, college age just fall out of it once they hit like, quote unquote, real adult life. I'm sure there's some, but I guess it depends what excites you because to me... Uh, the the more I realize I don't know, the more I know I can learn. Mm-hmm. And also, the more I learn, the more I can disagree with someone if, um, like, they say something. And I'm like, well, you know, I tried it and it doesn't work for me. That's fine. Whereas when I was first starting, I was like, oh, my God, there's so many rules. I have to kind of, like, follow certain things. And it was overwhelming because it was like, where do I even start? What do I even research? Who do I even right. talk to? And now at this point you know, a couple of years into it, now I'm at the point of really honing my research and really looking at specific things and knowing what I want to explore more of. But I'm not like at this point of how do I even talk to the gods? How do I even do witchcraft? What herb do I even need to use for this? Like I'm not constantly having to, to check when I feel moved towards like praying to the gods or doing a little spell or a little ritual I kind of already have that background Mm -hmm. and now I'm at this stage of kind of building so I would say it's easier yeah (laughs) the more years you get into it but what what I was trying to touch at with the the younger or you know yeah more younger people are converting you know I am someone who very much wants kids Mm -hmm. um and You know, I I really do want to raise my eventual however many children I have, if I do, let's hope. Um, right. You know, in in that kind of a tradition, but it'll be from birth. You know. Right, and it it'll also be interesting too because, um, like, you and I, and even um, Rosemary, all of us are in interfaith relationships. Yes. Which would make that very interesting to manage. Mm-hmm. So, which, yeah, which I am also interested, speaking of legacy, I think interfaith mm-hmm. or even like one, one, uh, parent is, uh, or one partner is, uh, a witch or a pagan. And then the other one is like ambivalent, doesn't really care. Right. Um, I don't, I would even, I consider that interfaith. I know it's not technically mm-hmm. like interfaith, but I do just because there's such a vast difference in faith and belief that's fair because yeah what what wider you know uh religious practice is the other partner coming from because even if you're ambivalent mm-hmm. about religion if you were raised let's say muslim or if you were raised hindu or, or christian that's still going to influence you're still going to have traditions and you're mm-hmm. still going to have things that you learn you do mm-hmm. you know and you're still going to have probably going to have a family that expects certain traditions to be followed whether or not you believe it so that's fair yeah that is fair Mm -hmm. then I guess that would be interfaith but I Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see kind of as time goes along more like both parents are pagan right or both parents are witches right 
and what that's going to look like in like an actual like purely. But I I, I want to know too. I also want to know how those relationships work because I don't think I've ever met like and one person might just have like a stronger belief system than the other. I don't know, but like I've never met two pagans who like genuinely do have the same exact mm-hmm. beliefs, even pagan couples. Mm-hmm. Because I would say the ones that we do know are still very vastly different mm-hmm. in what the, the traditions that they follow. Yeah. Um, like, I know someone who's, like, strictly heathen, um, very into right. it, has books out, uh, and their partner is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. v- very different approaches, and, like, they're very supportive right. of... Turn right. They're very supportive of each other, um... So I guess they just have to accept that there's differences. But even I, I, I guess my point is, even two pagans could still be interfaith. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what those kids mm-hmm. grow up right. to be. You know, right? And I, I don't think, I think there's a difference between raising a kid in a tradition and indoctrination. Right. I know that that's been a big conversation of like, well, should you even? You know, they can't consent. They're two years old. They can't consent to being taught this stuff. And I'm like, I get that. I get that. However, if you're not going to teach them anything, somebody is. Right. Yeah, like, like, I think it'd be more important that by the time my child reaches middle school that they know sex is healthy. It can even be, for some people, a religious activity rather Mm -hmm. than hearing like I did where never touch the subject and it's just like oh you don't do that till you're married or you're a bad person and I was like where does this come yeah. from it literally took me years to figure out they were just like that's what their church taught them because I was like where the fuck did you come up with that mm-hmm. and then you know you also have like the whole like pressure to talk about abstinence in the school system mm-hmm. so I was even more weirded out because I was like, why is this such a big part of sex ed like yeah it's just it should be part of the conversation that is an option it's valid and that, yes, it's going to be the best way to prevent pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But, like, beyond that, why do we got to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. And and I think giving people, especially kids, frame different frameworks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look at all the, the signs for the festivals. Yes. We are here. Well, yeah. Giving mm-hmm. giving people framework uh, to navigate the the wider society and be able to be like yeah i don't i don't agree with that because i can see that this comes actually from a very specific religious tradition um so we have arrived (laughs) at our destination the destination is on your right so very short but you know complicated topic Mm -hmm. um i think that we're both agreeing that legacy is it's important it's important yeah like i think it's something we should consider i don't think it's something we can have complete control over proceed Mm -hmm. to the roof we're on the route, lady. <laughs> I'm just going to turn that off. <laughs> but yeah, like, I would like our legacy to be something inclusive, something, mm-hmm. um, something, yeah, inclusive, you know, the opportunity is there to teach a new generation and, like, see what comes out of it, mm-hmm. but also, like, really make sure nationalism and white supremacy is not part of our yeah. legacy. Uh, yep. And certain groups do want that. <laughs> I, yeah, and we're I, not those groups. And I think that that should also then be part of why we're fighting it now, mm-hmm. because we want to stop that shit. We right. don't want this to keep going on. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to raise a kid in paganism and have that be an attractive option. Yeah, that, I think I would be crushed. <laughs> yeah, I would be crushed. Right, and unfortunately, the, because those groups 
first radicalize people, but they also, they're really good at, once you're almost sort of like starting to get radicalized, like really group putting, making a big community out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, like, the sense of having a big community is both risky and like good for those of us who don't follow those ideologies so that we can have options that are not that. Yeah. Not that. <laughs> not that. So mm-hmm. we are parked. So closing out, this is a, a bit of maybe a bit of a bigger topic than yes. 25 minutes. But uh, so if we end up putting this one out, depending on how it sounds, you can follow us at uh, Three of Witches on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can uh, listen to us on Spotify every two weeks. So yes. thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye.